You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. All right. God's a good God. Let's try that one more time. God's a good God. All the time. Uh, I, I know I, I, last time I was here, I keep forgetting to update everybody on what's going on. And by the way, there was another elder that was in that meeting, and he liked the fact that I cooked chili and had shotgun shoots for the men. And that was attracting to him. I won't call out any names, but Donna knows who it is. And... Uh, <laughs> We love you guys. I want you to know that. And uh, we miss you. We feel like we come home. We've been gone five years. We were here for three years before that. So that was eight to nine years ago. When, does, if I stood right here, does anybody know what's right? Say, say they're laughing. All, there's a big tree right here. No tree. tree be gone. Yeah, see, that, that's, that's good stuff right there. Uh, but we love you guys. We, we miss you. We, we're excited. Uh, we've told people for years, we just used the five conference as an excuse to come back home and see you. And this is proof because there's no five conference going on right now. And we said, we're going anyway. It got in our blood to come down twice, come back home twice a year. And uh, just to let you know really what's going on, and I did get word earlier that the that things have changed here, that John usually, pastor, excuse me, Pastor John uh, usually goes to about 12.15 or 12.30. You know, so so I'm feeling the liberty. To, you see the shock on people's face when I... But I can go long. Just kidding. I can go long. But but uh, just to let you know what God's doing in our, our ministry or through the ministry... Uh, in, a, in a summertime in Minnesota, it's real hard. People don't, don't like having organized meetings because no one comes. Or not very many people come because winters are so long and they can't do anything outside. The, the time they have is, you know, that three-week period of time there in the summer that, that people just... Just kidding, that's a joke, the three-week part. But, you know, there's about three months there that people really play hard. But in the spring and in the fall and the winter... We're, we're we're getting we're already getting booked. I mean, we we've been booked. Uh, I shouldn't say booked. I shouldn't say it that way. People are scheduling us that don't even know us. They don't even know us. They just they they heard something about what's going on, and they have all their people to come together, and and it's just amazing what we're seeing happening. And those people uh, are now booking us again for the spring. Uh, we've been busy every weekend. We've been to Wisconsin, South Dakota, Minneapolis. The people in Minneapolis are having us back uh, every, uh, it was going to be every other month, but now it's every month. We've been in one Bible study that we've been doing in Fergus Falls for five and a half years. Now, this is a group of people that just, they just said, hey, we're going to start having Bible study in our home. And they just ran across us and said, hey, let's, we want you to be our first speaker. And I'm still their first speaker. <laughs> but the, see, the word, the word that, that, that God has, I mean, we're just sharing what we've shared here. So I want you to know the, the message that God brought to you, uh, He is taking elsewhere. And we thank you for, I mean, you guys uh, supported us, you helped us, you, uh, uh, you know, it's about putting into the ministry. And we just want to thank, we don't want you to ever think that we're up there doing nothing. I was challenged by a person when I when we left here. Says, "Don't you quit? Don't you quit?" And I told him, "Say, how how can I quit something I am? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't quit something you are." But anyway, God's doing a great thing. There, there's literally people are sitting around. Can you believe sitting? People that don't know me, they're sitting. Around, maybe that's what gets them because they don't know me. But they're sitting around for five and six hours, and they choose not to go home. 
They just, they, 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 we've had people come up and people that have these meetings, they go, this is not normal. I said, what? People didn't go home. They just wanted to hear more. These are people who heard the gospel all their life. The, the gospel they've heard, they've heard all their life, but it wasn't the gospel. They've heard the gospel mixed with the old covenant. That's the other gospel Paul was talking about. He said there's other people teaching another gospel. That's the gospel mixed with the old covenant. And now they're hearing the gospel without the old covenant. Oh, that set you free, won't it, church? Hallelujah. Are you ready? I, 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 well, get, don't, no, 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 don't, don't speak through me. Come up here. Yeah, no, wait, wanted, lean. Lean. Yeah, baby, I on. just wanted to say, I don't know if y'all all really, because you're here all the time. You know, we're not here all the time. Worship was amazing today. And, you know, it was our kids. Homegrown. And Jason and our kids. But so I hope you know, Israel and Whitney have been doing an amazing job with our kids. Look what Children. That's foundation. That just brought, I mean, that, uh, I don't get sensitive about much, but that was good stuff right there. That was good stuff. All right, do I have my reader? Is my reader available? Are you still writing? I'm off Dolly and come up here and read for me. Or he's going to sit there and read whatever he does. Uh, let me share this real quick as he's finding Mark chapter 5 in your Bibles. If you turn there real quick, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, hopefully they're going to put it up on the screen. If they're not, that's fine. Uh, it'd be great if they did, especially if we have the new King James Version. Yes, thank you. Got that done already. Getting used to me, aren't you? Yeah. I heard Pastor John saying some things about me and my new King James. That's all right. Uh -huh. so we got it. So uh, Dylan's going to read this. And I just want everybody, if you can just relax. Don't, don't start looking for theological bombs and Holy Spirit. You know, uh, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, this story about the, the, well, I'll just let him read it. Go ahead and read it. Nice, nice and loud. Turn him up good. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw it, he fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that she had happened, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he prevented no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. 
Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given her to eat. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you get us to gather together in this your place. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. We honor you in this house. We allow you to do what only you can do. Take the information that we've gleaned over the years, cause a miracle to take place, cause that information become revelation. And with that revelation on the inside, may we be transformed so we can give you glory on the outside. We honor you in this place, Holy Spirit. Cause me to, to, just to relax in your anointing. Speak through my words. Equip your saints. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Uh, th this, this, like any scripture, there's multiple levels of understanding and applications. Uh, so many times what happens when we're informationally based individuals, uh, we take a group of information and say, well, this is what I believe and so this is the way it is. When in a nutshell, there's many ways to understand passages of Scripture. Does everybody understand that? One of the things I've been learning to say in my life is, well, why can't it be both? Why does Jesus have to be the lion? And why does He have to be the lamb? Why can't He be the lion and the lamb? You understand? And so in the passage of Scripture that we've read, this really is a story about, it's one story that's interrupted by another story. I really hope you see what there is to see in this. I don't know if I have time to get it all done. I know Joy wants me to says, you don't need to do that till at the end, but I'm going to do it at the beginning. I'm going to tell you the one of the, you, you, you know when someone tells you the end of the joke before they tell you the joke, it's really not that funny, is it? You kind of get it figured out. But I, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, we're going to do it a little different there. I'm not line upon line now. You need to understand that. Uh, if you would put on the board... Verse 40. I'll go back to verse go 39. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they, what's the next word? Ridiculed him. Who are they ridiculing? Say Jesus. Jesus. What is Jesus? In John chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus is the Word made flesh. So they ridiculed the Word. What did he say? She's not dead. She's asleep. That's the word. Uh-oh, we're starting to get some revelation. I'm just a little bit too hot, I think. I mean, can you, you to, just, just put me in some bass. Make me sound more masculine. Take out the treble, that high squeaky thing. That's wrong. That's wrong. Amen. See, I can't even, I can't even fake it. So, so they ridiculed him. They ridiculed the word. But when he had put them out, can you say that with me? And they put them out. Listen, before, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to need some help preaching. Listen, before Jesus told the little girl to get up, he had to tell some people to get out. I could be done right there and walk out the door and said, I've done good all day. Listen, they're, they're, for the miracle to take place in your life, before the miracle can happen, sometimes you may need to tell somebody to get out. Because it's ridiculing what was spoken 
Oh, that's good preaching right there. Put out your feet. I'm stepping on toes. Free toes. That's what I call them. Listen, we need to understand one of the great things about the Jewish culture and what, it'll help you understand scripture if you can understand Jewish culture. The more Jewish culture you'll understand when you reach, because that's what, who was written to and the atmosphere was written in. See, the Jewish culture, they put themselves, when they hear a story, they put themselves in every part of the story. Let me give you an example to that. Have you ever been in your life and someone outside of you has been ridiculing the word? And it's kept the miracle from happening. Maybe you have been the one ridiculing the word, keeping it happen in someone else's life. Oh, 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 maybe someone may have to tell you. and the lack of your belief that goes against the Word. Oh, it's getting quiet in this Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, charismatic, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, tongue-talking Catholic church. (laughs) Dang it! That's where we're going today. See, 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 you don't have to tell me that you've had people in your life speaking against the Word. How about when you come to church and you hear the Word and, and, and people, you go home and people are there telling you, well, that's not true. I don't believe that. Who cares what they believe? See, so, see listen to me. Let's forget the people part. Does everybody have a phone? Okay. Does everybody have a phone? There might be some phone numbers that you need to get out of your phone that's keeping the miracle from taking place in your life. There may be some people in here that have the old drug dealer's name still in your phone in case of emergency. Oops! There may be some of us that have an old boyfriend or old girlfriend and you're married now and you still got their name. Am I? (laughs) Listen, for God to do the work in your life, you may have to tell something to get out. I'm going to go pick on this side now. Listen, listen. Think about your life. What is, contra- what is ridiculing the Word in your life? What is happening? Are you allowing to happen? What part of your past do you need to tell to get out? Now, this story is so full of stuff, I won't have time to get it all. Let me tell you, see, this story is applicable on a very easy surface level, understandable type story. And then there's some deep stuff in this story. Let me tell you how deep it goes. How old was the woman that, I mean, you don't know how old she was. She just knows she was an old woman. How long did she have an issue of blood? What? Don't, you got to go. 12 years, right? A woman, an old woman, say old woman, had an issue of blood for 12 years. How young was the young, young girl? She was 12 years. Hmm. You think there's something going on here in the depths of God to communicate to us that we may need to pay attention to? I would think so. Let me put it this way. How important is the number 12 and what does the number 12 represent? Well, let's say Abraham was given a promise of a covenant and he had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. 12 sons became 12 tribes of Israel the very foundation of God's power and authority for the time. The priest would wear a a breastplate, just one priest, the high priest would wear a breastplate, and guess what was on that breastplate? How how many? Twelve stones to represent the power and authority of the covenant. Mm. Jesus was 12 years old when he said, I must be about my father's business. 
Oh man, we could use it. See, it represents the power and authority of what God was doing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How many disciples were there? Twelve. I'm going to jump right to it because I don't want to get, I don't spend all my time talking about this one. While Jairus was leading Jesus to his daughter, to his home, his story got interrupted by a woman of, had an issue of blood for, maybe, I'm not, I, I wish Pastor John was here, but he'll get this, I'm sure. Maybe uh, deep, down deep, and we're going to talk about the surface in a second. I'm starting backwards, you know what I'm saying? Going forward, you know, called backwards engineering. But maybe, let me just say it this way the blood had to stop flowing so life could come forth in what, what God was now doing. Amen. Maybe the old way. God was doing things through the blood and sacrifices had to come to an end so new life could come forth. Maybe the old covenant has to come to an end so the new covenant could come alive. Maybe the system of blood sacrifice had to come to an end because he is the final sacrifice. And now it's about, listen, our heart's desire for you and everybody we speak to is that Jesus get bigger and the resurrection become more effective. I hope everything I share from, from times past to times future is about Jesus getting bigger in your life and the resurrection being more effective. Oh, man. You, 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 you know who Malchus is? i got to do this one. You know who Malchus is? Come on, you deep theologians. Malchus, he's only mentioned one time. You don't know everybody. Malchus is that servant of the high priest in the garden that got his ear cut off. You know that story? You know, they don't name servants' names. Malchus was important. See, God had to... Oh, I got so much time. God has a principle. He started it back in Genesis that everything reproduced after its own kind. So in the tribe of Levi, they produced the priest. And they reproduced after their own kind. Guess where the high priest came from? The high priest reproduced after... His, it was, usually, it was the son of the high priest. Malchus was the son of the current reigning high priest in Jerusalem. See, the son learns how to be a priest, a high priest, by doing priesty things. His priestiness, that's a, I made that up. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Priestiness. Some people's theologians call it priesthood. I like priestiness. He learned how to be a priesty by following his father's example, following after his own guy, being a servant. And so he shows up in the garden. Now you need to understand this. In the book of Leviticus it says, well, what does everybody qualify just because you're born, born in the tribal? No. In the book of Leviticus it says that there are certain things if you have happened to you or you have, you can never qualify even if you're born in the family. And so, so if you have someone that's a bad attitude in the family, they won't be a bad attitude as a priest. So there's some thing that one of those things is facial deformity. That doesn't mean being ugly, because that's an opinion. And I know everyone out here has an opinion about being ugly, and who qualifies. But is that about having a facial deformity? It disqualifies you as a priest. And so you have this person named Malchus who is in the garden and his future, his purpose, his power, his position, his prosperity, everything about his future is tied up in his ability to qualify as a high priest. Now I've heard it preached for years that Peter was going to try to kill the guy. Took his sword and Got a question? What's, what's one of the Ten Commandments? Thou, huh? Do you really think he was willing to break one of the commandments? Ooh, didn't think about that, did you? And if you're going to kill somebody, I got some hunters in here. If you're going to chop somebody's head off, which way would you swing? I did that like a city folk. Man, with, whoa, whoa, barbarians are. 
How do, how do you cut someone's ear off? See, a couple chapters before this, Jesus told his disciples, says, listen, any of y'all got a sword? He said, if you don't have a sword, go sell your purse and go buy one because you may have need of it. Maybe Jesus was preparing him for something he knew was going to take place. Maybe. So Peter walks up behind Jesus, behind Malchus, cuts his ear off, and totally destroys the man's purpose, power, position, prosperity, and future. With one simple flick of the wrist. Jesus walks over, picks the man's ear up, and restores him back to purpose, power, position, and future. Got a question. Are we Peter? Are we Peter? Are we going around with our mouth? With our actions? How many people have we spoken against to destroy their purpose, power, plan, future? In your life, has someone spoken against you or done something against you to destroy your purpose, power, potential, future? Has someone destroyed your plans for the future? Which one are we in the story? Wow. Are we Jesus? Do we reach out and restore someone's purpose, plan, power, and position, and future? Man. See, that's what happens when you put yourself in every part of the players of the play. Man, what are we supposed to... Is Jesus getting bigger? Resurrection getting more powerful? Come on. It's all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection. Let's get back to our story. Before we get back to our story, let me say it this way. Maybe this story is about you telling the old covenant to get out. So the new covenant can rise up. Maybe, maybe the reason, who were the three disciples that went in the house with Jesus and the mama and the daddy? Peter, James, and John. How many places in Scripture do we see Peter, James, and John mentioned in order alone with Jesus when something's taken place? Three. Mountain of transfer, Peter. What was happening there? The law and the prophets were transferring authority to grace and truth. God said, hear him now, not them. This story here and the other time is in the Garden of Gethsemane. See, every time... No, 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 I say that because you may be asking, what's the big deal about Peter, James, and John? Those that have been here any length of time know the difference between Peter, James, and John. Real simply, the word Peter, the name Peter means stone. The word James means surplanter or replaced. What's written engraved on stone? Say the law. The name James is the word replaced. The word John represents the word grace. That grace replacing the law in three places, including this one, where the old woman's blood had to stop flowing so the new girl could come alive. So now you're free to go home, but I'm not done preaching. <laughs> I gave you the punchline. Now we get to the other. Let's go back up to verse 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat on the other side, a great multitude, say great multitude. great multitude, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, uh, Jairus, by name. See, he had, see, see, what you need to understand, he was a ruler of the synagogue. Jairus had money. Jairus had fine clothes. He didn't need to tell anybody who he was but because the clothes he wore represented what he stood for. They took care of their spiritual leader. 
It was the way they lived at the time. Jairus, everybody knew him. And so you have this story of Jairus who had clout and authority falling at the feet of Jesus. And you have this person, this older woman with the issue of blood who had spent all her money on doctors and she did nothing but get worse. So now you have a person who's about ready to die. It says a fountain of blood was coming out of her and she was ready. She was re- It was, it was a, listen, you, she only had one thing she could do and that's what? Fall at the feet of Jesus. And so you have the story of Jairus coming to Jesus and saying, come to my house, lay your hands. I'm gonna, we're, we're, this, uh, that's why he, he read it, so I can just talk about it. Come to my house, lay your hands on my daughter, and she'll be healed and not die. Did he get? See, see let me say it this way. We all have faith. We all have faith. You, you, you don't understand, but your, your pastors here are some of the greatest faith teachers. All right? Let, let me show We all have faith that God can do what God can do. And see, they had something called an, a connector. They had something connect them to their faith. And it was their confession that connect them. See, they he knew that Jesus could heal his daughter. Did he not? That was his faith. And so he did something to connect with that. He came and said, come and lay hands on her. The woman said, see, the, the scripture says she heard about Jesus. How many of you hear about the word? You hear about Jesus. You hear about God. Your faith is rised up, but you never say in your heart, but if I could only touch the hem of his garment. See, that was the connector. See, faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. And the evidence of things not seen. In the book of Hebrews, it says that hope is is an anchor. Say anchor. To our soul. Keeping our soul sure instead. I'm in a boat. Okay, let me get up here so you can see this. I'm in a boat. This is my anchor. (laughs) Don't laugh at my anchor. This is my anchor. See, our anchor is our faith. And we're in the boat. And we start drifting away from our anchor. What's missing? You're missing your line. You're missing your confession. You're missing what you believe in your heart. See, you may have faith in what God can do, but you haven't connected with it in your life. See, there was a Roman centurion said, see, see, the Jairus connected to God, to Jesus' power and his authority by him saying, come and lay hands. The woman said, if I could just touch his garment because she knew where the healing was at, but what was she willing to participate with to keep her faith in line with her life? The, the, The Roman centurion said, Jesus, don't go. Just speak the word. See, see, and I'm not, listen, you, you know I'm a grace man. See, desperate people do desperate things. Listen, desperate people are willing to do desperate things. Am I saying you got to be desperate before God moves? No, He's already moved in your life. But maybe something has to happen. You, you know what desperate people look like in church? God! Well, no one else is doing it. That's because they're not desperate. (laughs) Maybe we're just religious. Desperate people go to church. Well, I don't go to church no more. You know why? Because you're not desperate. Oh, there 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 may come a time 
when desperate's knocking at you. You know what desperation is? Desperation is the doorway that breakthrough walks through. Desperation is the doorway that breakthrough walks through. Can you have breakthrough without desperation? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. The more you understand about what Christ has done for you, the desperate people are moved by the circumstances. Let, 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 let me read this. Let, see, let, I got to paint a story. Okay, get back to it. Okay, thank you. Okay. So, so I'm going I'm to do it this way. Jairus is leading Jesus, come to my house, lay hands, and Jesus is following Jairus to his house. Jairus, there's a crowd of people. Jairus is going, excuse me, excuse me, Jairus, Jesus come to my house. He's going to heal my daughter before she dies. Quick, get out of the way. There's a whole bunch of people and they're following him. He says, move, move, Jesus come to my And all of a sudden he turns around and looks. Jesus? What? Jesus back there. The woman comes up in the middle of him trying to lead Jesus to his house. And a woman comes up and says, ah, if I just, she didn't tell Jesus she was going to do this. But what did Jesus do? Who touched me? The scripture says as soon as she touched him, her fountain of blood was healed. She was healed. Let's read this. You need to see this. I like this. Verse 27, if you put it on the board, please. When she heard, say the word heard, about Jesus. See, some of us heard about Jesus. We didn't do nothing. She heard about Jesus and came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, now did she say this out loud or was it in her heart? It was in her heart. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made what? Well. Now I want you to see this. If you've never seen this, you need to see this. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed and the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that, say, power had gone out. I, I like this. That power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, Jesus. Now, I've got to give a little, can, can I give a paraphrase here? Jesus, you're a rock star. <laughs> Everybody's been trying to touch you in this crowd. Oh, oh, Jason. No, I'm just, just kidding. I, I, I was doing this. Getting ready, and I, I saw you in your crowd playing your guitar, and I, oh, Jason, Jason, oh, I'm just picking on you. So, so, he's, a, he, he's a, you know, it, it's like everybody wanted to rub shoulders, touch you. But see, she did something different. She connected to his power and his position and his authority. He, she, that, see, she, 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 uh, see, what she did gave access to who he was. And because it's not what Jesus did, it's that she connected. Out of all the people here, Jesus said, wait a minute, someone just connected with me. See, it just wasn't touching. Someone identified in who I really am. And in faith, put their rope on the anchor. And the power flowed to the boat. Got it? A lot of us have faith, but do we have a line? Okay, let's go on. Now's the time when you take that clock. Remember, oh wait, it's, it's set your clock back, Sonny. All right, we're going to set it back. I told him at this point we're going to set the clock back another hour. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Oh, yeah, thank you. My notes over here just told me something. Do you understand what the issue of blood really is? See, this we got to understand about the culture. Now, now just uh, the, give, give me a little liberty for you deep theologians out there that are religious and say, well, that's not what the Word says. Just, just close your ears for a second. Can you imagine this in today's time? A hospital with some front doors. 
and you got one person walking out with a new baby girl that's just been born. And on the screen, the story says, 12 years before this, 12 years before this event took place, you had a baby girl being held by some parents coming out of a hospital door with a new delivery. And at the same time, coming out of the same doors, you had a, a woman coming out with a new diagnosis. One is of life and one is of death. Now, now here, here's what you need to know about that. Everybody's wanting to touch. Where, where, where's Whitney? <laughs> I, know, I played that. Where's the baby? See, everybody wants... You saw it coming in. Oh! 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 Oh, oh. That's what the women, the guys were like, eh. I seen them on maybe, seen them all. Joy says, isn't this the cutest baby you ever seen? No. Nope. You know what I'm saying? And women, they're like, oh, that's the cutest baby I've seen. Well, what about mine? Well, that one's on me. You know. So anyway, you got this thing happening here. You got this woman coming out with, with a baby and everybody's wanting to touch her. But you got another woman who has a diagnosis of an issue of blood and no one can touch her. For 12 years, nobody hugged her. For 12 years, it was against the law to no human contact for 12 years. When she would walk in a crowd and people knew she was there, they would move out of her way so they wouldn't touch her and become unclean. You think you've suffered rejection? What did she do to get this issue of blood? It wasn't even her fault. And see, the, the Jewish culture, see, if a leper was to touch somebody... It would make the person unclean that they touched, and then they would stone to death the leper. That was the law. Everybody say law. They wouldn't stone her to death, but they would stone her enough to get her away from everybody else. That's rejection. Now, I'm going to ask this in a very colorful way. Has anybody here ever been stoned? <laughs> Oops, wrong kind of stoning. Sorry. <laughs> I'm saying Jewish culture, not American culture. <laughs> See, that's why you have to understand culture because stoning means different today than it did back then. <laughs> Got to understand the culture. And it says in Scripture, let, let, let's, let's read what it says. It says this. It says, who touched me? Verse 30. But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging, thronging you. You say, Who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. Are you ready for this? But the woman, fearing, say the word fearing, and trembling, knowing what had happened to her. I, I put a little word above the word had, and I put the word will happen to her. Because what was about to happen to her since she was unclean, touching a clean? She's about ready to get stoned. But she was desperate. And she was willing to pay the price Amen. to receive. Why do I bring that up? Because this next verse doesn't mean a thing without it. 
I like this part. Came and fell down before him and told him the... Now, Dylan didn't say the word whole when he read this. I don't know if he realized that, but he skipped that word. I don't know if he... Got, it's recorded, hopefully. And he skipped the word whole. Because you know why? And I'm going to stand right over here and preach right... Because men don't tell the whole truth. <laughs> <laughs> women tell the whole truth you ask Dylan how his day went mm, that's good I agree I, I read it all you ask Christina how the day went well back in Oct 5 I had this ticket I had this ticket gotcha. and, and by the time I got down this morning when I got up I had this pain right here and I was like and, and, you know. <laughs> See, the woman told Jesus the well, 12 years ago, Jesus, I came out of the doctor's office and I had me an issue of blood and no one's hugged me. They've avoided me. I've lived a life of loneliness for 12 years because of circumstances. Just say circumstances. Amongst people being what? Lonely. You know why people commit suicide? They don't think anybody loves them. And when they commit suicide, people go, everybody loved him. What's the problem? It's not a problem with the circumstance. It's a problem with the heart. Watch this. Oh, this is good. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you... Now see, crowd participate. When I pause, you fill in the blank. Daughter, your faith has made you now go in to go in peace. Was she at peace? She was afraid and trembling. Maybe the purpose of Jesus Christ and the resurrection isn't to take care of just your outside, but it's to take care of your inside. Because Jesus said, your faith has made you well, but now go in peace and receive the healing of the affliction that touched your heart. See, you may be sick on the outside, but Jesus knows you're sicker on the inside. That there's a healing that needs to take place on the inside. It needs to touch your heart. Because you can be healed on the outside, but you haven't been healed from your affliction. Your circumstances may have gone away on the outside. But there's some issues on the inside that he wants to touch. Oh. Jesus is more than just your well maker. He's your healer on the inside. Jesus came to heal the what? The broken even though two-thirds of all his ministry was healing of the sick, 100% of his ministry was healing of the heart. Oh. Jesus is getting bigger in the resurrection. He's getting more effective. Oh, come on, church. Tell me you miss me. Just kidding, just kidding. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler's house, the synagogue's uh, ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, "Your daughter is dead." Now, there's nothing. I have no problem with that. There's not nothing wrong with telling somebody what's happened. It's the commentary they add to it. So don't bother the teacher no more. It's too late. Don't go to God no more. It's just too late. That's already happened to you. There's no recourse to be had. It's over. Give it up. You know, family sometimes is the worst people. Come on. See, there's authorities in our life. I call them sub-authorities. Junior authorities. And then there's the supreme authority. These people were saying it's too late. And Jesus said, no, it's not. 
Which authority are we listening to? The commentary of our past is telling us, I'm no good, it's too late, I'm too old, I'm not educated, I committed too much adultery, I've already messed up, I'm screwed up, messed up, turned up, and turned out. <laughs> no, it's not. What authority? What, what is your confession? What's your line? You know, faith is a common thing. Faith and fear are not opposite. Fear is not the opposite of faith. You need to understand that. We've been told that in church all our life. Faith and fear is opposite. No. Scripture says faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. And the hope is the word confident. The word hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. That's hope. Fear is a confident expectation of a negative thing to come. Uh oh. How many people in this Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue talking, word, faith, Catholic church? have more faith in negative things coming to pass than you do positive things. It takes the same faith. It doesn't even need to change. Jesus said, by the grain of a mustard seed you can move your mountain, but what mountain are you trying to move? Are you believing in a negative? Are you it doesn't take any more faith to believe in what God's already done than what the world has already done. Which are you attaching your line to? Which faith are you connected to? Faith of the Word of God or the Word that has ridiculed? Which authority? The woman with the issue of blood had gone to every junior authority that she could know of called doctors. And they took her money and made her worse. Do I need to paint that picture any clearer? One drug will lead to two drugs. Now the local pharmacist in the house will say, thank you, Jesus, I'm selling some drugs. <laughs> but I know this man in this house, he's more concerned about your health. We need to understand the world, if you give the world authority, your faith can be attached to the world's authority or your faith can be attached to God's authority. It's your choice. She had lived her life for 12 years going to junior authorities and then she realized out of desperation that there's only one authority, the God of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And she went down and fell down at His feet and it didn't cost her a thing except herself. But desperate people do what? Desperate, desperate things. Oh. Let's go on, I guess. It's the commentary. Why trouble, verse 35, why trouble the teacher any further? See, 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 there's a reason did you remember the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead? Jesus is in the area. And the family that loves Jesus and Jesus loves his family, Lazarus is, is sick, real bad sick. And they send word to Jesus who's in the area and says, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Come heal him. I'm paraphrasing. Can, can, I, can I do just Come heal him. Jesus says, okay, I'll be right there. Four days later, Lazarus dies and Jesus hadn't showed up yet. And you know, I, I say the word laughed. I shouldn't say the word laughed, but the scripture says this, and Jesus was glad. Have you seen... What's, do you know what that scripture is offhand? John 11? They're going to find it real quick. It says that Jesus was glad. Why would Jesus be glad that the man that he knew and loved died? Oh, I just, uh, they knew Jesus as healer, but he 
knew they needed to know him as the resurrection. Sometimes we go through things in life so God can expose another aspect of his glory in you. Amen. Just because it doesn't happen when you think it should happen. Jairus thought it had to happen before his daughter died. And so did everybody else. She's dead. Who needs Jesus? Yes, Lord. Jairus, I've been following you. Now you follow me. Watch this. See, sometimes in our life, we put God in a box. And we take that box wherever we go. And we come up to a round hole it doesn't fit. <sighs> oh, Jesus is coming to tell you that He has no earthly form. He's not subject to any shape that you think, any denomination or religious boundaries and borders that you put on His life. He can squeeze into anything. He can walk through walls, even religious ones. And there's some things on the other side you need to know who He is. He's just not your healer. He's just not your provider. He's just... He's, he's God. More than that? What's more than God? He's your Father. He's your Daddy. I love this. I can just see him grabbing Jairus on the shoulder. This is what he says. Don't. Verse 36. Don't be. What? I paused. You didn't say it. Don't be. What was the woman with the issue of blood? What was Jairus? Do you think we got things in common? Maybe these two stories, as different as they are. How about this part of the story? Jairus started this whole thing. He's got Jesus coming to his house, and all of a sudden someone else steps in the way and gets Jesus' attention. Well, I've been saved 40 years, and I hadn't been blessed like that. How come I hadn't been blessed? They're supposed to be blessing me. <laughs> I've been believing for healing in my life for 12 years. Now, I hadn't got it. That person walks in the door and God bless <laughs> No, look at y'all's face. <laughs> That's where I'm getting it from. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, how come God blesses that person? They just got saved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we got some heart issues because both these people were afraid. That this was the end. It's not the end. Both of them thought it was over. Don't be afraid. But what? Believe. And Jesus connected with Jairus' line, came to his house, laid his hand on his daughter. And she came alive. Do you need something to come alive in you? Yes. Maybe the story is about telling the law to get out so life and love can come in. Maybe there's something we have to get out of our heart called fear so God can leave His peace in it. See, maybe the fear has to come out of our heart so peace can, can be established in our heart. It's called the gospel of peace. And there were shepherds about in the field keeping watch over the flock by night. And the glory of God showed up. And on earth, peace. Hmm. Jesus said to the storms, peace. Only because there was fear in the boat. 
only because there's fear in the boat. Maybe we should get to a point in life where the storms don't bother our peace. Maybe. Maybe that's what the gospel is about. Maybe the gospel is not about believing in God in a way that we can live in a certain way and go to heaven for the rest of our life. Maybe it's about finding hell on earth and bringing heaven to it. Maybe the gospel isn't about making bad people good, but it's about bringing life to dead people. See, forgiveness and redemption is free, but reputation is earned. What kind of reputation do you have with the people around you? Are you unclean? Have you, listen, there's so much into this, we don't have time. If you've been lonely and untouched because of something you did or something you didn't do, it just doesn't matter. You may be all on the outside, but you may be hurting on the inside. That's what Jesus came for, to put you at peace. You know what I'm seeing in this church when we come home? People hugging. I see them walking in the door. People are hugging. You know what it looked like eight years ago? This couple, they hug everybody. Mm. Mm. We get that in Minnesota, too. You get these guys, they're like, oh, is he gay? <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> now, oh, it, it happened over in Henrietta. Uh, I can't say his name because he might be listening someday. <laughs> he was my mom's boss. I didn't know that at the time. But when I went to hug him, there was this wall. I mean, some of y'all gave us some walls too, but not like this guy. He, he's had some wall. And now he's at the front door waiting for us to come in. Because peace is in the house. Peace is in the house. Oh, church. I don't know why, but, you know, it, it, I, we, were, we were talking about, I've got a couple minutes. I know, I know we should stop and get into worship and ministry, but Holy Spirit's a great minister. You know what I'm saying. Amen. We were talking to some people out here in the back about the way the, the foyer looked. Well, there wasn't one. <laughs> it didn't look like anything. There wasn't a foyer. It had to be made into a foyer. There was a bunch of walls, and we're not going to get into all those stories, but I was explaining why these metal posts were there and these I-beams that are covered up so you can't see them, and they're holding up the upstairs floors where the kids are jumping and stuff like this, you know. And, and I, I was just, I was reminiscing. I get, you got to excuse me. When we come back here, we reminisce. Can, can we do that? And we were reminiscing, and Charlie Howe was here with me the day that we were jerking out all these walls, and, you know, it was in process of time, and I looked up, and I'm going, Oh, that's a long span. How did they build? I, how'd they build this? And so I look and try to find all the pictures of the way that it was constructed to see where the, which way the joists went, what they were, and found out I'd taken out a lot of structural walls. <laughs> Oops. And I, I said, well, I don't know. Are the kids go? Is it can? Will that floor hold all those kids? That's a good question to ask if you're not an engineer. And so I asked Charlie how to go upstairs and get right in the middle of the floor and jump up and down. <laughs> now, if you know Charlie how, I don't think he really did get off the ground very far. That's good. That's good. But I asked him to jump up and down, and when he did, I heard him doing it, but I didn't see the floor move at all. I said, good. We hadn't made any big mistakes. You know, sometimes in our life, what we think is holding us up is okay to tear down. Yes. 
You need to hear that. Sometimes in our life, the things that we have been depending on to hold us up that aren't Jesus. There, there's some things that maybe we have been believing that we need to tell, get out. So what God wants to do can get up. My question to you this morning is what in your life do you need to be saying, get out? So the miracle can rise up. Amen? Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be here this morning. I thank you for these, your people. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah.